0: Your favorite sports podcast. We're Money Cup and BS Watch. George almost needs another one to go. Oh! 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 You see, Derek Carr jumped up. Oh no, he didn't, man. Paul George out here making this third quarter his own. We just saw the step back three over KD, and here. Just the finish over Pachulia. With your host, Alex Driving. Yeah. She's got some nice long hair and you notice. Know Welcome back to Mooses Mulligans. with me, your host Alex Dryzak. On your favorite sports podcast where Money Talks and BS Walks. Excellent. That beginning song by the band, nefx They do some awesome music and that's my man Ho, Brandon Horth on lead vocals there. Make sure to check out everything on NeFX. Give it a Google. And definitely take a look at their YouTube channel. they got some really cool stuff there and some great music. I know they're on Spotify now too as well. With this show, you can follow us at facebook.com slash moosesmulligans, twitter.com slash moosesmulligans, and go to moosesmulligans.weebly.com. That's our official website. And don't be afraid to send in your opinions on the show just like what we're going to talk about this week are some of the feedback and responses I got on a few things. Now, there are some breaking news stuff in the NBA already. But first, I wanted to get back to the feedback I got on my best ball fantasy draft. You suck! Now, if you guys follow me on social media, you'll know that I went on on a draft at rtsports.com, Real Time Fantasy. This was my first draft on that website, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, that's good. It was awesome to have a live draft board going back and forth. So I could see picks as they were happening on each team, uh, and it was a, a complete honor to be invited and draft against a uh, fantasy guru, Howard Bender, and uh, former GM Jim Bowden. So to play against a real general manager and a real fantasy expert was was amazing, and it was super fun and super hard as you can imagine. But. Uh, I even went on their show. You can see it on our Instagram TV feed. If you go at Mooses Mulligans at Instagram, it's up there. And it's posted on the uh, Facebook as well. But a lot of the feedback I got uh, was that running backs are a little weaker. Now, let me explain to you real quick. Best Ball Fantasy, I talked about it last week on the show, is where you take 20 players you have And whoever has the best week fills in your starting lineup. So you have three quarterbacks. One quarterback will be your starting quarterback, whoever gets the most points that week. And also, the draft board, I'm hoping you'll see as it went on here, it didn't really pan out for me to take a top running back instead to just dominate receivers and quarterbacks because, like I said, they take your top at your position. So for running backs to take the top two running backs, they take the top two wide receivers, your top tight end, your top flex spot... So, only 9 out of your 20 start a week, and one of them is going to be a defense and one of them is going to be a kicker, so really only 7 guys out of 18 key positions are going to play, and if you take 2 defenses like I did, it's 17. So just 7 out of 17 guys are going to play. I went more risky than anyone else in this draft because I wanted the highest ceiling possible. If a high ceiling guy has a good week, he's automatically in my lineup. And those high-ceiling guys get a ton of points when they have those good weeks, and I get all of those points. And when they have a bad week, they'll be on my bench. If they put up a goose egg, it doesn't count against me. Now, of course, if I have six guys put up a goose egg, it's going to be a bad week. But in football, with all the injuries, nobody can really predict what's going to happen in football. I mean, how many of you guys drafted Alvin Kamara in the top ten rounds last year? I, I, I don't... Uh, I can't... Uh... How many leagues even drafted Alvin Kamara last year? There you go. Uh, You guys were talking about Adrian Peterson at the beginning of the year last year. Hell, Tom Savage was starting over Deshaun Watson. I know me and uh, Howard Bender were tweeting about it. You know, (laughs) everyone thinks they got it figured out in football. So just look at the board real quick. The one decision I said that might come back to haunt me, but at the end of the year, who knows what I'll be saying about this pick. I took Antonio Brown over Ezekiel Elliott at the fifth pick. And that's just because I think Antonio Brown was the best player. I think he's the best at his position, and there's no one like Antonio Brown. Ezekiel Elliott is really good and really consistent, but in a best ball league, Antonio Brown, he has one of those 10 reception weeks. He does it three times a year. That's plenty of points, and I can rely on that. And he stays healthy pretty well, so I'm, I'm happy with that. And you never know with Zeke off the field, but I'm not going to get too into detail. On the way back, this is where they say you have to take a running back, and in a regular fantasy league where I have to set a starting lineup, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I might have taken Joe Mixon or Christian McCaffrey, you know, because I'm gonna or Devontae Freeman, knowing I'm gonna handcuff him later. But if I do that, that's because I know I'm gonna have to start somebody. This fills in my starting lineup for me, so the best available was Keenan Allen, especially in a PPR. So I took Keenan Allen. I don't trust McCaffrey and Mixon enough to be superstars. I trust Keenan Allen to put up superstar numbers when he's healthy. I trust Antonio Brown to do it. So we come all the way back and Jarek McKinnon starting San Francisco gets sniped one pick before me. So I took Kenyon Drake. I think he has the highest ceiling, the highest potential. The guy is amazing when he's playing, but apparently terrible in practice. I don't care. Get him in the game. We'll see what happens. Then I went Kelsey and Deshaun Watts in my next two picks. There was nothing really on the board I trusted. I didn't want Jay Ajayi. I do not want to take a rookie Ronald Jones. Have you seen the Tampa Bay running game? No, thank you. Jameis Winston can't even stay around right now. I don't want to take Rashad Penny or Alex Collins. I didn't trust them enough, especially the way running backs got hurt last year. It's, it's not going to be worth it because there's no ad drops in this league. You have 20 players the whole year, and... Really, only you have 17 real players, and seven of them are going to start every week. 20 players, nine star. So I wanted to take the guys that I thought really passed the eye test. They were super strong or super, super talented. They just haven't really gotten the opportunities yet. So my running backs were then Tevin Coleman, who's backing up. Devontae Freeman, who gets a concussion every, every year, basically. So he could be the number one running back just like that, and I loved his talent. I took Chris Thompson in Washington, who's behind a rookie running back. And he he always looks so good when he's in the game. They're eventually going to have to play him. I took Isaiah Crowell just for the amount of touches he gets. Uh, and then I took Deontay Foreman. That's just raw talent. Lamar Miller's getting older. And I like Deshaun Watson running the offense. It takes the pressure off the running game. What a concept. Am I receiving core? is just rock solid with Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, Corey Davis, D.D. Westbrook, Randall Cobb, and Michael Gallup. I can afford a little bit at running back there, especially in a best fall league. All it takes is Crowell to get two garbage touchdowns, and he has about as good a week as any other running back in these leagues. All it takes is Chris Thompson taking a screen to the house, and he's had about as good a week as any other running back in this league. All it takes is Devonte Freeman to go down once, and Tevin Coleman is a starting running back for one of the best offenses in the league, and he can catch and pass block. To me, it was worth the risk. And just to round it up, I mean, I did take Frank Gore to handcuff Kenyon Drake, and that hurt me a little bit, because, you know, I had to handcuff him, and I don't think Frank Gore's... I, I know Kenyon Drake can take the job, but if he gets hurt, or if he screws up somehow... Frank Gore is very reliable and can help out my kind of sketchy running back situation. But otherwise, I was really happy with my best ball team. And listen to me tell uh, Fantasy Alarm Howard Bender and the GM Jim Bowden uh, how I felt about my team. I I felt it was a pretty good draft, and after I defended myself, they were kind of on the same page as me, so that was nice to hear. Uh, You can hear that on our Instagram TV, or you can hear it on our Facebook account. But that's all I have to say about the best ball for now. I want the season to progress, and by week six, I think my team will be doing great and then I can go on and talk to Howard Bender about it again. But until then, that's about all I have on this team for now. Team, you ain't first, you're last. You know, don't talk about that phrase, trademark, not to use as a producer Ricky Bobby. All right, the next thing I wanted to talk about on the show, and you guys might have heard about it last night, Some NBA breaking news. Paul George is committed to play for the Oklahoma City Thunder again. Now, this is great financially for him, and he gets to play with Russell Westbrook. But I have some serious concerns for the NBA League on this. I'll get to it in a second. I just want to rip on the Cleveland Cavaliers for a second. They made a statement saying that, quote, LeBron James is our plan A, plan B, and plan C, unquote. You had a 20% chance of re-signing this guy, and he didn't take the option to come back to you, so it's down to less than 5% and you come out and say that? So you're telling your fans that if he doesn't come back, you're on plan D? Well, that's, that's not very promising. I mean, just take a word of advice. Do you see Bill Belichick coming out and saying, after every game, well, Tom Brady's our plan A, our plan B, and plan C. Without him, we'd be on plan D. No. No, he says uh, Tom played a good game, you know. We expect good games from him. They don't, they don't do that because then it sounds like they're desperate. They're nothing without him. And that's what Cleveland actually is. But you don't say that. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only help. I mean... Uh, thank you for being truthful, but don't do that to your fans like that. That's called ending a franchise, man. You can't do that. But getting back to the league as a whole, I don't think we realize how big it is Paul George staying in OKC. First of all, we saw last year that they definitely weren't good enough to beat the Warriors and staying like this without adding Chris Paul, LeBron James, or Kawhi Leonard. I don't even think DeMarcus Cousins would be enough for them to beat him. But they need if they don't add another superstar... Guess what? The Golden State Warriors could just walk right through them, in my opinion. The next thing is that because you know Paul George isn't going to Los Angeles, if Kawhi Leonard can't get to L.A., because that price tag just went up on Kawhi Leonard for the Lakers. Now that they know they can't get Paul George, Kawhi Leonard just got even more expensive from San Antonio. So I think they're even in more trouble L.A. because they're going to have to give up more to get him just so they can convince LeBron it's worth him coming out. So if Kawhi does go to LA and LeBron does sign, then you do have a chance that there's three or four good teams in the league, you know, with Houston, Boston, Golden State, and LA. But with that price tag going up, LA's way less likely to get Kawhi Leonard now, even though (laughs) San Antonio already said they weren't talking to them about it. so It makes it like LeBron is doing, and it sucks, I knew this was coming, and it really bothers me that it's coming, but... He's getting pressure to go to Houston or Boston because that's going to be his only chance to beat the Warriors. I mean, there's going to be three competitive teams in the league anyway. It's going to be Houston, Boston, and Golden State. And LeBron can't get enough troops now with Paul George staying in OKC unless he goes to LA or Philly. And Philly's still debatable that they'd be ready right now to beat the Warriors. It could still be another year or two until they're ready. And Bede's got an injury history. And we haven't seen how Ben Simmons and LeBron James handle the ball together. My biggest concern is that if LeBron goes to Houston or Boston, it's just going to be a three-horse race at the most. With 27... How many teams are in the NBA? It doesn't even matter because the rest of them won't matter. It's just going to be the rest of the teams going in. We can't be competitive for three more years at least with these teams built like this for this long. I mean, Boston's going to have a top 10 draft pick next year. Just to put that in perspective, they're still building for the future. They got guys that are 23 years young playing great already in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they're getting more of them. And they had Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving in street clothes during those games. So what's the hope? If LeBron goes to Boston or Houston, then there's no point in watching the regular season. There's no point in watching it until... If Even if he doesn't go to Houston, I'll still watch the Western Conference Finals. But there's no point in watching it until the Western Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. Because there's just going to be no competition. Yeah, there'll be some games every now and then, but it's just... There's no, like, championship drive because what's the point? Those three teams are going to run the league. If LeBron doesn't go to Philly or LA, we're going to have a serious problem in the NBA where I'm going to be bored out of my mind. I just think it's not the best case for the NBA, what Paul George just did. It actually would have been better if Paul George went to L.A., because then it would have put the Warriors in a little unrest, the Celtics had a little unrest, Houston had a little unrest, thinking, oh crap, LeBron's probably going to go to L.A., and they're going to be really good. And then it makes more of a competitive drive with other teams as well, to see another team vulnerable. So some important things will be coming up this week in the NBA, and it could go a long way into deciding how this league looks for the next five to ten years. And That's not an overstatement. That, I mean, that that this is going to be a huge decision from LeBron that could possibly change the NBA for the next five years. But I don't have to worry about it too much. I just watch the games, enjoy the games, and play fantasy sports. <laughs> so until next week, check us out at facebook.com slash moosesmulligans. Twitter.com slash mulligans and com. Check out that episode on Instagram TV or on our Facebook page where I went on the Fantasy Alarm Radio Show on Sirius XM with Howard Bender and Jim Bowden. And uh, I'll be keeping you updated on that league, especially if I'm taking it to them. This is your favorite sports podcast from Money Talks and BS Walks. See you next week.